Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo and I'm joined today by Tom Terrace and Hannah Woodward. How are you guys doing? Great. Good. Good to be here, Rob. Uh, it's good to be here with you guys. And the three of us are members of the Stewardship and Mission of Faith team and we're so happy to, uh, to be a part of Reflections from the Heart. Uh, so if we could, let's just start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of Lent, the fact that we had a chance for 40 days to enter into the desert with you, Jesus, and and to fast and pray and to give. And for uh, those of, of us, uh, including myself, Lord, that, that have fallen during this Lent and have uh, not lived up to what I had committed, just, uh, just help us to, to get back up to dust ourselves off and just continue on, continue on. And as we prepare, prepare our hearts for this Sunday, for Easter Sunday, Lord, please uh, just just allow us to to enter fully into your passion so that we can fully enter into your resurrection. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. In the name of the Father, and Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So Hannah, before we came on, on air, you were talking a little bit about your experience uh, at Lebanon Catholic with our stewardship of leadership, and uh, and how the the Serenity Prayer uh, has been uh, has been a highlight there. And uh, you, you thought it would be good for us to pray that together. Would you mind Absolutely. leading that? Sure, prayer? sure thing. So, Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking, as you did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Hannah. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard this prayer uh, or maybe you're like me, where I heard the beginning part. You know, you've seen it on plaques and hospitals, and and I I never really knew the rest of the story and the rest the rest of the prayer. And it's beautiful. So before we break open the gospel for Sunday, do either of you have any anything that that jumped out at you on on this prayer that that you'd like to to share? Um, the thing that jumped out for me, Rob, was the enjoying one moment at a time. Because sometimes my I find myself racing forward. So so much you know in the future like i got to do this tomorrow next week next year these are my goals the five-year plan or whatever and so that to me jumped out saying wait a minute slow down a little bit just enjoy each moment as it comes you know yeah so thank you tom anything for you hannah yeah definitely something that popped out at me trusting that you will make all things right if i surrender to your will that i may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next just reiterates the fact that God wants us to be happy in this life, but there's greater in the next life with him. But we just have to trust him and make sure we put everything in his hands um, that he's going to make it right for us. Yeah. So thank you for, for leading us in that prayer, Hannah. 
Tom, would you like to open up the word? Yeah, and absolutely. And the gospel for us? Thanks. Um, this is um, a gospel reading from John chapter 20, verse 1 through 9. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Thanks, Tom. You're welcome, Rob. And it's, I'm just kind of kind of chuckling at you know, John's writing this, and it's like, it's like he's getting a little digging on Peter. You know, they both ran, but you know the other disciple ran faster. You know, it's like, <laughs> man, come on, old man, run! Can, can, can you keep up with me? Um, so I just because uh, you, you just sometimes I forget that these guys are real guys, right? That they had this amazing three-year camping trip with with the Lord. You know, just hanging out and uh you know you know how guys are they always kind of... I, I, and i also wonder too like and while they were both running maybe they were both tied as they were running but then peter just started to think maybe how he had denied christ and maybe he got scared and slowed up a little i don't know it's just like kind of jumped out at me and then you know john who loved him so much just kept flying wow. to get to the tomb but maybe peter was like uh oh maybe I don't want to, you know, I don't know how it's, how he's going to react if he's there or something, you know. Like, no, I, you know. I took that completely different. Um, I kind of took that as a metaphor basically for our journey and our faith. Some people are quick to run to God and some people are a little bit slower, but those who are quick, oftentimes they'll find something in their life that makes them hesitant in their faith. Just like John was when he went, entered the tomb, he didn't want to go in right away. But Peter, who was slower and has experienced God's mercy and, you know, tested God um, throughout his whole life, he was the first one to go into the tomb. So I think people who question their faith, um, live it, experience it, they have a stronger bond sometimes because they fully understand God's love for us. Whereas people who jump right in and hit the ground running, you know, they, they find themselves at these hurdles in their life where they're just not ready to overcome them, but then they end up seeing and believing. So they have to experience it first. Mm. Uh, that's that's beautiful, Hannah. And maybe it's a not an, not an either or, but a both end. Like mm -hmm. this yeah. is our life, both right. That we sometimes we're we're moving fast, yeah. You know, towards the Lord and following His will, and sometimes we're a little more hesitant. Mm -hmm. That uh, you know, or maybe if we flows, we have done something in our life that you know a sin or something, and we're afraid to go to Jesus. You know, so we might slow down a little bit but this gospel tells me no you know he's there to forgive us not to be mm -hmm. afraid to you know to run to church run to confession if you have to yeah, yeah. 
my daughter, who's in seventh grade, her school, the seventh and eighth grade together, put on the living stations. They just did a, such a phenomenal job. And the kids were told not to make eye contact with the people in the audience, except for two parts. One was when Judas betrayed Jesus, got the money, and then he you know, realized what he did. He threw the money, and then they had him walk down the center aisle of the church holding the noose over his head. And then as he's walking down the center aisle, he starts looking side to side and making eye contact with the people in the audience. And as I'm sitting there, I don't know if this was the reason why they did it. I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm no different. I'm, you know, Judas betrayed him. How many times have I betrayed our Lord by turning my back on him or not thinking of him or not going to him or not you know, living my life in, in accordance with his will? I'm no different. But then you think of Peter, like, you know, what he did, man, that was pretty bad too. It was his main, his main man. Peter denies him three times, but the difference is, right, Peter stayed around for the mercy, right? He stayed around to receive God's mercy where Judas didn't. And for us, you know, through God's grace, you know, we have the gift of, of confession that when we betray and deny, we can, like you said, Tom, we can run to yeah. the confessional. Yeah, and my, that w- image that you just described reminds me of the the movie The Passion of the Christ when Peter denied our Lord, and then he I think he looks over and sees yes. the Blessed Mother, you know. And I'm sure, like, of course, this isn't in Scripture, but I'm sure, you know, maybe that night he went to her, you know, and in in his distress, you know, to to talk with her, and I'm sure, like. She led him back, you know, to, to, to our Lord, which is what she does to all of us, yeah. you know. Yeah, and uh, we had a, a retreat last week at York Catholic High School, and they asked us to focus one session on the Ignatius Rosary, and I had never heard of that. So it was really neat to, to be able to to pray that leading up to it, to get used to it. So it, it actually ended where the glorious, or where the sorrowful mysteries, it started where the sorrowful mysteries end. So the last sorrowful mystery is the, the crucifixion of our Lord, and then these five contemplations take you through, okay, after that, what happens with the first set and, and each bead, each Hail Mary bead has a contemplation, and then you pray a Hail Mary. And it really gets you into the different situations. So the first one is Mary at the foot of the cross, and it talks about her gazing up at her son and, and holding her son and the procession of carrying his body to the tomb. And then the next contemplation is Peter the day after man, what was he thinking? So there's some meditations on what he might be thinking. And then the third contemplation is all the apostles in the upper room, what was going through their minds. And then the fourth was the, the apostles on the road, the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And then the last one was Mary being taken into John's home. What was that like? What was going through her mind there? And then the encounter that she had with Jesus, where he appeared to her in his resurrected form and she hugs him. It's like, man, right? So... It was just a, a beautiful way to to enter enter more deeply into the the story. Like you know, we, we hear Peter here running, and John running, and Mary Magdalene. Like these folks loved our Lord so much, we're with Him, yeah. and uh, and meditations like that help us to oh, yeah. to remember and and enter into the the moment with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this reading also uh, speaks to me about Peter's authority, and I see that you know how Peter's the the rock you know, the church and how like they all sort of, um, you know, retreat while he goes in, you know, so it, it, it speaks to, you know, his authority that they must have realized John and Mary was there at the time, you know, like that he is, you know, sort of the guy in charge now, you know what I mean? So that's good. And, and just this past week, my 13 year old daughter and I just tripped, tripped over a, an interview 
with a, a young married couple. They're singer songwriters, and their their singing is all about love and marriage and and a beautiful couple. And they talked about how they met when she was sixteen, he was seventeen, and their first conversation that they had on the phone was, you know, he said to her, "Well, I'm, I'm saving myself for marriage. You know, I'm living chastity." And she's, "Oh, me too. This is great." And they had a nine year you know courtship, and they got married. And here, uh, you know, when I would try to talk to my daughter about that, it didn't it didn't go so well. Uh, but when she heard it from this young, dynamic couple, uh, not much older than she is, and he spoke about the husband in, in, in this couple, spoke about the beauty of authority, the beauty of God's commandments, right? That, that it doesn't restrict. It's total freedom. So, Tom, you mentioned authority, and it's awesome, right? A lot of, like, the world... You know, you know, fight against authority. You know, fuck, fuck the authority, and and you know, turn your back to whatever. No, God's authority is so beautiful, so freeing. It's like you know, horses in a farm, right? You have a beautiful farm with horses, and they're free if they roam within the gates. But if you open the gates and they run, even though the world might say, well, now they're really free because they can run anywhere. No, they'll they'll get killed. Right? The same thing that this this couple is talking about the freedom of following the authority of Jesus' teaching and teaching of the church in the areas of, of, of love and marriage is total freedom, total freedom. So, Tom, thank you for, for, uh, for speaking to that, that whole idea of authority, that it's, it's God's gift that, that he set up, uh, set up his church with, with authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, the, the awesome gift of free will that he's, he's given us, you know, so that we can make our own choices about things and you know, look at the commandments he gave us and the authority of the church. And unfortunately, some people, you know, we and I myself can you know reject them and say no. You know, it's it's I make the decisions. And um, so yeah, that uh, he loves us so much to give us that free will to be able to to you know choose to love him or not. Beautiful. Um, kind of going off what you said, choosing to love him or not. I think God gives us signs sometimes when we do venture off into the not so much. Um, yesterday at the Stewardship of Leadership meeting, we were reflecting on the gospel, and um, one of the teachers mentioned that the anniversary of her father's death's coming up. So this is just a very hard time for her and her family. Um, and Sunday they were going to Mass, but they were a little bit late, so of course all the Catholics sit towards the back, so they had to sit in the front, um, so they're really uncomfortable with that, and just the whole morning was kind of frantic. And after Mass, um, a lady came up to her, who she doesn't really speak to that much, and she said, do you, you know, do you mind if I tell you a story? She said, yeah, sure, go ahead. So she said that um, her neighbors who own the house that this teacher used to live in as a child, um, their four-year-old son has been having these conversations with this man in his room. And the parents of this four-year-old boy seem to think that this man is the teacher's father and that he is, I mean, they have conversations about God and, you know, it's just very comforting and everything. So she, she took that as a sign as her God moment to make, to kind of have her dad say that everything's okay, that he's, you know, he always wanted a grandson and, um, she seems to think that this is her dad, you know, helping this little boy. So it was it was really powerful. It just made like just um made her see, you know, saw and believe yeah. in God's power and, you know, her dad's still around. And 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 if if this wasn't so, 
right? John wouldn't have, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have inspired John to, to keep that in there, saw and believed, mm-hmm. right? That, that God loves us so much that he allows his beauty and his truth and his goodness to be seen by us to help increase our faith, right? Um, so saw and believed, and I'm just trying to, you know, think of, or maybe we can just share with each other, like, what have you seen recently mm-hmm. that made you say, wow, God, you are awesome. Like, you, you, you do good work. Is, is, can anybody, either of you share any recent stories of, of seeing and, and, uh, and how that may, might have helped your belief and your faith? Just in general, these stewardship leadership meetings have increased my belief tenfold. Uh, seeing these teachers come together and talk about their faith and seeing them, they were all brought to tears yesterday. There's not a dry eye in the room. And, you know, I had teachers come up to me and tell me how much these meetings have impacted their life, have impacted their students and their teaching in the school and um, just made such a positive difference um, in their life. And they love them. So that's a huge God moment for me is seeing, you know, I was a graduate of Lebanon Catholic and um, having the privilege to be with my former teachers and discuss our faith. And it's just it's been an amazing experience. That's awesome. And then, and with you being at the table, it probably really uh, brings to light the fact that we're all brothers and sisters, no mm-hmm. matter how old, no matter how young, right? Teacher, student, we're all, we're all in this together right? mm-hmm. with, with Abba. Abba, as our father, we're, we're all brothers and sisters. Yeah, that's how, how about you, Tom? You have any? Uh, um, not, nothing any? recently, but I could share something that happened to me years ago. Oh, sure. I'm um, running in a marathon, um, first one I ever did. And um, I really didn't have anyone there, like family, friends, anyone to you know, sort of be on the sideline or anything like that. And um, so, you know, I was praying beforehand and during the training to do this, you know, to God that he would help me and, you know, be there and all that. And then um, somewhere along, I don't know what mile, it might have been like mile 20 or something, they have all these little, um, every two miles they have like stop areas where you can get like Gatorade and water or like a granola bar or something. And so I stopped at this one um stop area uh I, I like i think it was like mile 20 or something and there's a a gentleman sitting there or standing there and he's there way to go tom you look good and i'm like how do you know me like because i did not know this person at all and i didn't have any identification on me that said my name just you just had like the thing on your chest that has the number and i'm like how do you know him he goes he goes don't worry he goes you look you know everything's good you look good you know i'm like and and I then I left. I, you know, I started running again, and I, I was almost like gonna start crying or something because I, I really felt it was like God saying, "I'm proud of you." You know, because I didn't have anyone else there, like a family or friend, to say, "Hey, wow. cheer me on." Wow. You know, and I still to this day cannot figure out who that person was and how they knew my name. You know, I can only chalk it up as like a God moment. And I think, like you said, yeah. Uh, I, I saw something and it helped me to believe, you know, that God does exist or that he cares mm-hmm. enough in a, like a dumb race that he would make me at least perceive that wow. he was there for me. So. And it, thank you for sharing that. In, in that whole encounter, there's probably one word that, uh, if that, if the one word was taken out of the encounter, this one spoken word from this guy to you, that it probably wouldn't have been as impactful. And that one word is Tom. Yeah, my name. Your right? name. Yeah. Right, and another resurrection account. Jesus says, "Mary." Oh, right? right. So God speaks our name. He knows us. He knows everything about us. He loves us, and He wants us to celebrate 
his resurrection, right? He wants us to to celebrate all the goodness in his in his creation and his in our relationships. Um, a recent God story for me where I saw him believed I a couple weeks ago I uh, was preparing for uh, we had four retreats in five days with different high schools and you know we did all the preparation for it logistics and, and content and everything and then the night before the first retreat you know novel idea God what do you want to say to, what do you want to say to these young men and women and the next morning I woke up and I was checking my messages it was 4:30 in the morning and there was a message that I had missed that came in a couple days ago prior. And it was a video, music video. And I forget what the intro was. So I'm like, you got to listen to this. And I listened to it 4.30 in the morning in my kitchen. And I had prayed, Lord, what do you want to say to them? And I'm listening in, in the kitchen saying, wow, God, you wanted to say that to me. And the whole song was about God's love, like that That once we own it, and, and again, it's a, it's a video. So the guy in it at the moment of the climax of the song, he has his arms spread wide, smile on his face ear to ear, head tilted back, looking up to the heavens, claiming, I am loved by the maker. And in the background is mountains and waterfalls. And, and it's like, and I, and I would pause it there. I would run the whole thing and then go back and then stop it at that moment. And I would say, guys, in our life, when we own the fact that we are loved by the maker, looking in the background, look, look how tiny he is in compared to the mountains, but you are loved by the maker. The maker knows you, loves you, knows every hair in your head, knows everything about you, wants to be intimately involved with you in your life, that's a game changer. Yeah. When mm-hmm. we know and own, doesn't matter what other people think of you, doesn't matter your past mistakes, doesn't matter your accomplishments, it doesn't matter. Right. You are loved by the maker. It's it's awesome. So I'm sitting here, you know, with tears in my eyes in my kitchen, you know, where God's telling me, hey, Rob, I love you. You know, you asked me for them and I'm telling you. And I've been playing this song for these students for the last two weeks now. And every time I listen to it, the Lord speaks to me in a different way. And just the other night this week, I played it at my daughter's school, one of the schools, and she's doing her homework. She said, Dad, can I turn on your computer? I need to look something up. So she looked up whatever she was gonna look up. And then I'm in the living room, she's in the dining room, and I hear the song. And I look over, she goes, I don't know, Dad, there's something about this song. So it's like, what dad wouldn't love a 13-year-old, you know, playing a a song about Mm -hmm. God loving his 13-year-old daughter. It's like, hey, amen, right? Keep playing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So God is is good. It's awesome. That's awesome. How we can use every every little thing like, um, you know, a song to speak to us, you know. I think God sends a lot of different signs in our life to let us know that he's there. Sometimes they're not so obvious, but... You know, like he said, like he said, the song or seeing some man at the race or in the teacher's case, her neighbor, her neighbor's child. Um, I think sometimes God needs to send us things just to reassure his love for us because we're not always believing. We don't we don't always walk by faith, not by sight. And I think that's difficult. So and I share the story about the living stations. You know, the one time when they looked at people in, in the eye was when Judas mm-hmm. was carrying the. The noose, the other time was when Jesus, after he was condemned, he walked down the center aisle to get his cross and slowly walked and slowly just looked. Aisle, you know, pew by pew, just looked at everybody. And I was thinking to myself, wow, man, I don't know why they did this, but for me, it was the Lord saying, I'm, I'm taking this for you. I love you so much. I'm taking it all for you. I'm taking it. And in your life, you're going to have crosses. Rob, you're going to have crosses, but carry it. Follow in my footsteps. Carry carry your cross 
because the cross leads, you know, every Good Friday leads to Easter Sunday. And in, in, in a given day, we might have a bunch of Good Fridays going on. We might have, you know, we might be, you know, getting hit with the one-two punch all day long, right? With suffering and sacrifice and disappointment and betrayal and whatever. But all those Good Fridays, if we offer it up and unite it with Jesus' suffering, can lead to an Easter Sunday, right? And can lead to other souls coming to know our Lord. So it's beautiful. It's yeah. absolutely beautiful. It's such a battle out there, but thank, thanks be to God in the Catholic Church, we have so many great, you know, uh, uh, remedies. You know, the Mass we can go to to protect ourselves, and the Rosary and confession and all that to you know help us to to fight in this battle every day. To because the enemy always wants to put that doubt in our minds that um, you know God doesn't love us, but He does. No matter how rich, poor, old, young, whatever, no matter demographic, we're all going to suffer. We've all suffered, and we're going to continue to suffer. It's all. So if we unite our suffering with each other, right, meet each other in the suffering, help each other through the suffering, and, and for someone who's suffering that doesn't know Christ, if we can be Jesus to them in their suffering, we may never need to mention his name, but they're going to know love. They're going to experience love and mercy and kindness, and then that could be the seed that could be planted for them to to come to their faith, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the one line in, in Scripture that always kind of confused me was uh, when St. Paul said that we can complete what is lacking in the suffering of Christ. And I said, wow, what's what's lacking in his suffering? Well, it's it's me offering my suffering up. Because mm-hmm. there, you know, there's a lot of wasted, wasted suffering. Mother Teresa said, if we knew the value of suffering, we'd pray for it. That there's so much value in it if it is offered up, if it is united with Christ for him to take it with his, grace is released, conversion happens, salvation of souls, and then those little sacrifices and suffering along the way, and we're going to cross cross heaven's gates, and uh, you know, we're going to see people saying, hey, Rob, do you remember? Or Hannah, do you remember? Tom, do you remember? You know, and even, even the little things, like you eat something that you know someone prepared for you, you don't like it, oh, Lord, I don't really like this, so I'm going to offer this up. I mean, even those little sufferings or those little sacrifices could can lead to someone's salvation, and we're not going to know until the other side, but people are going to rush they're going to rush the gates when they see you. You know, everyone who suffers, everyone who sacrifices and offers it up, they're going to rush to see you. So as we enter into uh, this holiest of times this year, we just want to wish all of you a happy, happy Easter. And let us, uh, let us live as a resur- resurrection people. God bless you all. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.